The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. What is good and bad? Is it the destination that matters? Or is it the journey, you know? The old life's not about the journey. It's about the destination, or vice versa. Everybody says it both ways. No one can decide what life's actually about. But I'm asking you, 
If you have a bad cause, an evil cause, but you do some good things or do things for the right reasons, are you good? If you have a good cause, a great cause, but you do terrible things, are you bad? Is there an answer to that? I'm going to tell you about just a few people briefly, and then we'll get into the whole thing. I want you to picture this. I want you to picture there's a man. He is an older gentleman. And look, we're all going to get old one day. Lord willing, I should say. And you ever talk to somebody who's older? I do all the time because I love perspective and wisdom on life and things. And they all, I mean, for the most part, they have a good attitude on everything. You don't run into really that many bitter old people. Oh, they're out there. But for the most part, the bitter ones died young. Nothing will kill you faster. But you get far enough into talking to them, and they'll all eventually tell you, hey, body isn't what it used to be, man. And half the time it's tongue in cheek and they get it. Ah, I had to, had to have my hip replaced. It's, the body don't last forever. You know, it's always that kind of talk. Now I want you to imagine there's an older gentleman sitting there. And sadly, he had recently had a stroke. Terrible thing. Terrible thing. I've lost, lost relatives to it. Terrible thing. I'm sure many of you have been affected by stroke in one way or the other. And... This old man who recently had a stroke, his voice was shot. As you know, it's not exactly a mystery. You can lose a lot of functionality with the stroke. We've all seen that sad story before, right? Older person, stroke, just not functioning right anymore. And someone stands up in front of this old man who had a stroke, who can't really talk. And he mocks him to his face about how he talks. Remember that. We'll come right back to that one. I want you to picture five men creeping through the woods in the middle of the night. These five men, they come across a home, a family home. This is not a police station, a bank, a military fortress. This is a private home out in the countryside. These five men, would you call them bandits? Crooks, criminals? Pull out their weapons, charge up to the door, pound on the door of this family home. Family opens up, scared to death. There is a father in there with his wife. And three sons. And while she screams and cries and begs for mercy, you take the father and two of the three sons and you drag them out of the home into the woods and you slit their throats. Are you good or are you bad? Tell you what, we'll come back to that one. Just one more of these. You're a working class dude. As so 
many of you are. You're just a working class dude. Tired, live most of my life. Maybe you do construction. Maybe you got, you know, middle management somewhere, whatever. You just you're just working stiff like the rest of us. And you get word on your way home today. Wife calls you, baby, turn on the news. You turn on the news and you find out, oh my gosh, Mexico is invading. They're going to be here soon. And you race home and you, you get your wife and kids, you know, as far away from the Mexican border as possible to keep them safe. And you cruise back to your house and you get your weapons and you arm up and you find out, you get word from one of your buddies, my goodness, the Mexican army is, they're at our town. They're at the border of our town. Hey, everybody, let's go. We got we to gotta stop them. And you get out there, 20 of your buddies. And you decide you're going to fight as hard as you can to protect your home. Protect all the families that are still there. Are you a good person or a bad person? Let's rewind a bit. The United States of America at one point in time had what was called the Missouri Compromise Line. And this is the deal. You've heard of the Louisiana Purchase, undoubtedly, For those who haven't, very, very briefly, allow me just to explain, we bought the entire Western United States of America pretty much with the snap of our fingers. Now, it wasn't the whole West, but I'm not going to go into all the details on the Louisiana Purchase. Let's just say with one purchase of land, we doubled the size of the United States of America. We bought inhuman amounts of land, uncharted territory, basically. We had to go explore it. We had to figure out ways to settle it, divide it up into states, so on and so forth. But, hey, man, we're in the money, right? Only this is a time in the United States of America when, I mean, we understand divide. Don't let people tell you today, oh, gosh, we're not divided. Oh, we are very much divided. But this was a time in the United States of America where these divides were bad. Really, really bad. And it was the slavery, anti-slavery divide. You know, the North didn't want slavery. The South wanted slavery and in many cases had to have slavery because it was upholding their economy. But even that gets complicated. You see, because we like to make things simple, it makes it easier for us to retain information. It makes it easier for us to explain away things these are the good guys these are the bad guys i grew up watching john wayne movies with my dad it was very clear well obviously john wayne is the good guy and those ruffians who kidnapped that poor lady and the kids are the bad guys and john wayne's gonna go kill them all and save her and give her a hug and say goodbye there's good guys and bad guys that's how we like things right But the Civil War I've always found, and the things leading up to the Civil War, which is where we are now, we actually won't get to the Civil War today. Once you actually dig into it, there is no better way to describe the Civil War, the divide of the country, the good guys and bad guys, than by simply saying, it's complicated. It's complicated. Those Southerners, the pro-slavery Southerners, 
You know what percentage of people in the South own slaves? Less than 2%. We like to picture it, right? I've done the same. You learn about the Civil War and the racist scumbag Southerners and it's in. And they were just a bunch of poor farm boys for the most part. The Northerners, right? St. Abe Lincoln. All about freedom. We are going to liberate the black man. Abe Lincoln was an abolitionist, but he fought the Civil War because they seceded, not because of slavery. Hang on. It's complicated. The Jesse Kelly Show. It's complicated. It's always complicated. Anyway, back to my Missouri compromise line. Eventually, they came up with a compromise because, you know, you can add this state, but you better add that state. We added Maine to the Union, and the South was like, whoa, we're not going to get voted out because you're adding a bunch of anti-slavery states. We need a state, too. Gave the South a state. That worked. And during that compromise, we came up with another compromise. And this was set in stone. This was... You know, this is basically law. It was the 36-30 parallel, and it was the Missouri Compromise line. And it said, hey, anything north of this line in America is going to be anti-slavery. Anything south, you can be pro-slavery. Not exactly a wonderful setup if you're a freaking slave getting whipped every day, but we were trying to navigate our way through it, and these were, what's that word I keep using today? Complicated times. Which brings us to Kansas and the Kansas-Nebraska Act. The Kansas-Nebraska Act was essentially this. If people ask you how did the Civil War start, well, for one, as you can probably tell, especially if you listen to my show every day, history is a bit muddled. Everything runs together. When did something start and when did something stop? There are a million and one answers for when anything started and when it actually stopped. Did World War II actually stop? We kept fighting one of our worst enemies and frankly still are to this day. When did it start? Civil War. Did it start at Fort Sumter? I always say it started with the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which essentially said... All right, that Missouri compromise line, it's kind of gone. And this new state of Kansas we have, you know what? We don't need to decide now federally whether it's going to be a pro-slave state or anti-slave state. Let's just make Kansas a state and we'll let them decide. Sounds totally fair, right? Remember? I mean, states' rights, you're all about them, aren't you? I certainly am. 
state can decide for themselves. Except that was going to be a problem. You see, now you have decided that Kansas is going to tip the balance one way or the other for pro-slavery or anti-slavery, and people began to flock there. Anti-slavery, hardcore abolitionist people would flock there, trying to make sure they could vote in their state legislature. Pro-slavery people began to flock there, trying to vote in their state legislature. Now I know what you're thinking, Jesse. Well, obviously the anti-slavery people, all those are the good guys, and the pro-slavery people are the bad guys. Well, in this case, you would kind of be right about the pro-slavery people if you find yourself moving to Kansas specifically so you can own another human being like cattle. That's not necessarily a great moral position to be in. But back to the anti-slavery people, do you know what the majority of them were? Remember those St. Northerners, right? All of them abolitionists believing in the rights of the individual. Most of them were free soilers. A free soiler was somebody who didn't necessarily give a crap about slavery. They just feared, and rightly so, but they just feared large southern plantation owners would gobble up all the available land and they wouldn't have any. Again, it's complicated. And I'm sure you've heard the term, if you don't already know where I'm going with this, all of this kicked off Bleeding Kansas. Bleeding Kansas was terrible. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, tens of thousands of deaths like so many of the ancient battles and things we talk about on the show, but it was American on American violence as they tried to decide who would try to decide who would rule that state. And there was all kinds of illegal voting. At one point, they took a census of 2,000 people. Well, the, the census said, hey, we got 2,000 voters here. And then they had an election to decide the state legislature, and 6,000 votes rolled in. People would cross the borders on both sides and vote. Much easier to vote illegally back then. And those and the Southerners, those dirty Nazi Confederates, right? They had all these, quote, bad guys like Quantrell. You've probably heard of Quantrell's Raiders. That's where Jesse James learned to fight. He would ride in and rob people and murder people on behalf of the South. Those dirty Southern murderers. Except the North did it too. You know the Kansas University of Kansas? You know what their mascot is, Chris? It's called the Jayhawk. Do you know where they got that term from Jayhawkers? They were the anti-slavery northerners who robbed and murdered and stole. Do you remember when we talked in the very, very beginning about a man who snuck through the woods and dragged a father and sons out of his home in front of his screaming, crying wife and slit their throats in the woods with swords. That man was a northerner. That man was John Brown. That man, in case you don't know who John Brown is, is the most famous abolitionist of all time. Not long after this, he actually led what he thought was going to be a big expedition down south to free the slaves failed horrifically, but 
The man is a legend to this day. Frederick Douglass himself practically worshipped John Brown for his commitment to freeing the slaves. But John Brown yanked some people out of the home and slit their throats in the middle of the night. It's complicated. You remember the senator I told you about? The guy who stood up in front of someone else and mocked the old man who had a stroke and couldn't speak? Well, the guy doing the mocking, his name was Charles Sumner in the United States Senator, and he was a hardcore abolitionist who wanted the slaves free. And the man he was mocking, his name was Andrew Butler, a fellow senator from South Carolina. And he was pro-slavery. Just got more complicated, didn't it? Well, I mean, we can mock Southerners. We can mock pro-slavery guys. Quick side note on that. You've probably heard of it. If not, you will now. Andrew Butler, the old man with a stroke who got made fun of on the Senate floor. Yeah, he had a cousin whose name was Preston Brooks. He was a U.S. congressman, also from the South, obviously. He tracked down Charles Sumner at his desk a few days later and almost beat him to death with a cane. He beat him so badly he broke the cane. He then essentially resigns, goes back, and says, I'll stand before the people of my district to see whether they support me or not. He was not only reelected overwhelmingly, they mailed him over 100 canes to replace the one he beat the other one with. Complicated enough for you yet? Remember the Mexican army analogy I did? Do you know... What they said, at least one Southerner in Tennessee said, as the Northern Army invaded, he's not some slave owner. He can't doesn't know anything about the Constitution, and he dang sure doesn't own a black person or really anything else. And they capture this Confederate soldier, and they asked him, dude, what are you doing fighting for this? You don't know anything about states' rights or anything, like that, or slaves. You don't know. What, what are you doing fighting out here? And they looked at him right in the eye and said, plain as day, well, you're down here. You invaded my place. I didn't come to your place. Remember something. This is just one tiny example of a million in that war and of a trillion throughout history. Remember something. It's very rarely black and white. It's complicated. Angels and demons, good and bad, remember something. Remember this as we go through a pandemic, this recession, depression, whatever it is we're about to tackle, as we go through all these things. The reason I love history so much, well, a couple reasons. The re- One of the reasons I love history so much is Look, the stories are amazing. Are these not amazing stories? Two, I like to feel like I'm wiser today than I was yesterday. 
And whenever I feel like I've learned something else, I like that. And three, because it all ties into today, either directly or with a lesson you can learn, because as the good book says, there is nothing new under the sun. And as I say that, let me say this. Even today, the good guys and bad guys, it's complicated. We haven't come out of that. We haven't advanced past that period of time where human beings are complicated and causes are complicated. I mean, back to the question I asked you at the very beginning. Is it the cause Or the things you do in the name of the cause. Do you have a good answer for that? Because everybody thinks they do right off the bat until you get into it. Right? When you ask somebody, are you pro or anti-slavery? Lord willing, the answer is, uh, I'm anti-slavery. When you ask somebody if it's okay to drag an innocent father and sons out of their home in front of their wife and slit their throats in the name of being anti-slavery, it gets a little more complicated, does it not? I would never want to be one of the pro-slavery guys. Bunch of Nazis. Well, yeah, I would like that very much to not be my legacy either. But... What uniform would I be wearing if a foreign army was invading my, what they considered to be countries back then? Understand that, right? It's complicated. They viewed states' rights as everything back then. And yes, there were a bunch of people. It's really a crock of crap. All the rich people in the South, all the slave owners, they tossed all the poor farm guys who never would own a slave in their lives out there to the, to the wolves. And they did the same thing in the North, scumbags. They, they came up with a draft because they needed more people in the North. You could actually buy your way out of it. I don't mean as a bribe. I mean you could just simply walk down to the recruiting office and hand them a check and be like, yeah, I'm out. Pick someone else. And they would. They'd turn around and pick someone else who couldn't afford to buy their way out of it. They actually had a saying saying it was a rich man's war and a poor man's fight. The poor just got crapped on in that whole whole thing. It's complicated. Remember St. Abe, Lincoln? You know, we all talk about Lincoln, right? Gettysburg Address. The abolitionist. The reason the slaves are free. Ah, do you know at one point in time, he vocally, very vocally told the southern states, look, I don't believe in slavery, but you can all keep your slaves. I don't care. Just come back to the Union. Never learned about that in school, did you? I'm not making that up. That's real. People were complicated. So when I... Where all this is coming from is I opened up my email inbox this morning. You could, you guys, all the way, by the way, you can always write me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Again, I read them all. I read every single one of them. I get way too many to respond, but I read all of them. Or you can call here. You can call right now, 877-377-4373, 877-377-4373. But my inbox this morning was filled with people who are angry at Trump, frustrated with Trump. 
I'm going to stay home. I'm going to vote Democrat. I'm going to vote third party, all these other things. And I am not here to tell you what to do with your vote or your life. I will tell you, I think that's insane. I better for better or worse, do not feel like we have options as of right now. We have a two party system and Democrats are insane and we can't have Democrats, let alone president pudding brain taking over at a time where we have an economic crisis on our hands. We just can't. However, I will just say this because that's been shocking to me how my inbox has changed from pro Trump, this Trump, 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 Trump to what's he doing? What's he thinking? He's been fooled. Where's he, where have we lost him? We didn't lose him. Remember this, remember this. Well, He's just a man. He's just a dude. And while I think he made maybe the biggest mistake in presidential history, I do. I, I, I Look, I told you, I voted for him. I'm going to vote for him again enthusiastically. I'm going to tell you to do the same. But let's be honest. Closing down America for two months very well may go down as the biggest mistake in presidential history. However, hasn't he done other great things? Lots of them. I'm not, as you've heard, I've been very, very critical. I have no problem being critical. I'm not here to wave his pom-poms, but do you want to be judged by your worst moment? I mean, I have some bad moments, people. Trust me, if you knew about all my low ones, you'd be horrified. I, w- I would rather, I- I'd rather not be judged by those. Probably not fair to say you're, you're your best moments. It's probably not fair to say you're your worst moments. We are going to need to accept the fact that Politics sucks and that people are good and bad and that come November, we are going to have to figure out a solution we can live with. And that solution can be Biden. I mean, it can be Biden. Do you want that? Or it can be Donald Trump. Or you can vote for Justin Amash. <laughs> This freaking guy. Did you see this, Chris? Ah, 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 ah. For those of you not aware, Justin Amash is a congressman out of Michigan. He was a Republican. He's a real, I actually liked this about him. He's not afraid to tell leadership to go screw themselves. In fact, he pretty much made a living at it for a long time. And that's fine. I like rebels like that. I like people who are willing to swim against the tide. I think it's cool. I've always liked it. And then he became this hardcore anti-Trump dude. My issue with Amash was Amash really has been one of the libertarian Republican types, which that's not my issue. I, I mean, that's you'd say I probably fall in that in that category, maybe more anarchist, but that's another story. And then he just became this rabid anti-Trump hater. And now he announced yesterday he's launching an exploratory committee for libertarians, which... Let me explain something to all of you before I get into how hilarious that is that he's running as a libertarian. 
exploratory committee. It's the anti-Jesse Kelly. As you all know, as has been, has well been established for better and oftentimes very much for worse. I do not test the waters <laughs> with anything in life. Oh, crap. We're about out of time. I'm getting the handle on these breaks things. Shut up, Chris. I'm working on it. We're nationally syndicated now. I can do whatever I want. I'm like a king. Hang on. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.